Greg McElroy has brought the heat at SEC Media Days. We'll explain what we mean and why he is going to have to defend this take for the foreseeable future. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Hey, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Please subscribe there. Ole Miss every day. That is our mantra. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And Greg McElroy may have said it. He is probably upset at all the blue-blooded fan bases in the Southeastern Conference when he said this. Ole Miss is the most dangerous team in the SEC. Nobody's talking about them right now. This is something that he has been pretty consistent with for a while um, on his own podcast and on his own personality. Ole Miss is his surprise team at a level like TCU was last year. He loves the Ole Miss Rebels, and specifically he loves Quinshawn Judkins, and we'll get to his second take in just a second. But he is talking about how Ole Miss has brought in Pete Golding, and that is going to help out the defensive system just by Pete being there with a healthy defense and an improved passing game, which he is talking about how he's heard that Jackson Dart is getting rave reviews. We've been talking about that for weeks at this point. That if these two things happen with Quinshawn Judkins and all the explosiveness that this offense can have, this Ole Miss team has a chance to win 9-10 ballgames. Even with the schedule, I'm putting up air quotes right now, that is so brutal, which essentially is playing at Georgia, which is an unbelievably hard game, not saying that it's not, and 11 games that are probably easier than they were a year ago. So, understand that Ole Miss has a chance to compete. Now, normally I sit on an island on my predictions and my takes and everything that I've said, and there there's probably been a video that you've listened to in the last three or four months, heck, the last three or four weeks of mine where you just roll your eyes. And it's like, okay, Steve's at it again. But all of a sudden, I'm not on an island on this. I've put up statistics to back up and show my work to, of how I got here. The fact that the ESPN-FPI has Ole Miss at over a 60% probability of winning nine games. Now, Ole Miss is probably going to lose a game they're supposed to win. They're probably going to win a game they're supposed to lose. And it always kind of balances out. But if you go straight by the numbers, straight by chalk, each game, Ole Miss has a 60% chance of win in nine of the 12. The three that they are under 60%, and they're actually under 40%, is the LSU game, which they are a 34 point, 34% percent chance of winning that game. And Alabama and Georgia, where they're each at 11% chance of winning that game. But if you look at the numbers across the analytics, the things that can't be changed, all of a sudden, you can see that this Ole Miss team has a chance to do this. The, at least the analytics support the fact that they can do this as well. Now, the other take that he had was this. 
He said a Quinshawn Judkins 2,000-yard season is within reach. ESPN's Greg McElroy believes Ole Miss is running back. Quinshawn Judkins is one of the best in the country, which he is. He's potentially the best running back in the country and potentially the best college football player in the country. Talking season began in the Southeastern Conference Monday, and Greg McElroy started off with a bang even before Commissioner Greg Sankey took the podium for his opening remarks. McElroy said on this set of SEC Now that last season Ole Miss's running back Quinshawn Judkins was a one-man show, taking the world by storm in his freshman season in Oxford. He has some lofty thoughts on what um, Judkins is capable of in year two. I'm very convinced, whether it be Spencer Sanders or Jackson Dart, I think it'll be Jackson Dart, that passing attack is going to improve drastically. So now that you can complement Quinshawn Judkins' run game with a passing attack that Ole Miss is likely to have, y'all, this is going to sound crazy, but I think 2,000 yards by Quinshawn Judkins this year is within reach. He has that type of potential. He's going to get that many looks. Now, there was pushback from the other hosts on the SEC Network Now stage. Um, Co-anchors Joe Tessitore and analyst Roman Harper. Tessitore believed 2,000 yards was a bit too much of a leap from its 1,560 yards in 2022. And Harper said that Ole Miss's tough 2023 schedule, Ole Miss would not lead enough for Judkins to garner enough carries. For a 12-game regular season, Judkins would have to average approximately 166 yards per game which would require a 45.5-yard jump per contest from last season as well. Now, McElroy says it's not like he needs some outrageous, gigantic leap from where he was a year ago. 40 yards per game, that's potentially one play with him. He's that type of a game-breaking back. Now, Greg McElroy is probably a little bit off. Maybe this is a little bit hyperbolic. But I do think Quinshawn Judkins is going to be better this year, and it's going to be because of the passing side of the offense. I've talked about this over and over. My everydayers can attest to all of it. Well, I don't know if it's going to get up in rushing yards to 2,000 yards. I think there's a chance that all purpose yards, he can absolutely flirt with that. Quinshawn Judkins is a running back that Ole Miss has not had in his history, even including players like Deuce McAllister and John Avery and all those favorites that I have from that area. I actually really enjoy Corey Philpott. I want to give him a shout-out on the show. Corey Philpott was one of my favorite running backs in Ole Miss history, and um, I hate that I only got one year of him, but it was a fun year. Corey Philpott, was just, he was a good player. And if you listen to the show, Corey, please DM me. Please come on the show. But – Quinshawn has a chance to be a really good player for Ole Miss in 2023. I don't know if he's going to hit 2,000 yards rushing. I don't know if he's going to hit 2,000 yards on purpose. And I think the reason for that is the reason his rushing total was as high as it was yesterday or last year was because of Zach Evans um, demanding carries and doing that. And whenever he would get injured and he became the lone back, all of a sudden, we got to force-feed Quinshawn. And that's what Greg McElroy means by he became a one-man show. In big games last season, okay, in the biggest games of the season, Zach Evans was not on the field. 
The LSU game, he did not play. The Alabama game, he almost immediately got injured in. Both of those games would have probably been different animals with Zach Evans on the field. I don't think people realize how much of a loss that was. And if you were the other team, how lucky he didn't play. Ole Miss looked like a different team before Zach Evans went out against Alabama. After Zach Evans went out against Alabama, Alabama chipped away at it. Bryce Young was able to bring them back. And all of a sudden, Alabama takes the lead. Ole Miss throws the ball in the end zone on the last play. But that game should have never gotten to the last play. Ole Miss should have won that game straight up. That game should have been over in normal time. And it's just the way it is, honestly. These takes, love it. Awesome, Greg McElroy. You're going to get plenty of engagement from them. And it doesn't matter if you're right or you're wrong during talking season, a little, little inside baseball here. It just matters that you breed engagement. It doesn't matter what you say, if you're right or if you're wrong. It matters if people care about what you're talking about one way or another and if they are willing to react to it. If they are, you're going to have a successful run doing what you're doing. And saying that Quinshawn Judkins could rush for 2,000 yards, which would be an SEC record, I do believe, that is a take. To say that Ole Miss is the most dangerous team in the Southeastern Conference, that is a take. And like I said, I'm not on the island. I'm right there with you, Greg. We will stand on this hill and we will die there if necessary. But I think going into this season, if everything goes the way I think they will, I think this Ole Miss team has a chance to be in every game they play and a threat and dangerous to absolutely every team. It, like I said, Ole Miss is the second hardest game on Georgia's schedule. And if you look at Georgia's schedule, People might say, well, why would, you, why would you say that? Look at their schedule and tell me if Ole Miss, where they fit on their schedule. They're a good ball team. Ole Miss is going to get one of these three teams that are the favorite for the Southeastern Conference. They are. I don't know which one, but they're going to get one of them. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to um, talk about Patrick Broomfield and let you know where I sit when it comes to projecting and developing defensive backs. Um, Patrick Broomfield's an interesting player, but he's probably not the player you think he is because he has a chance to really blow up at the next level. But stick around for that. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's really simple. Go to LinkedIn, set up a profile. All social media sites, setting up a profile is pretty much the same, but here is the difference. Then you get to add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Now, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Everydayers, um, this week, we got a whole bunch of stuff. We have agreed to and it's set up. Patrick Broomfield. We have it agreed to and it's set up. Charles Stackhouse. All of that will be in the future. Jason Simmons is going to come on here and talk about the story of the year in college football, NIL, and where it's going. Somebody that is in the NIL space is going to tell you exactly what's happening in the NIL space. So Jason Simmons is going to come here and do that as well. I'm, I'm, I am really fired up about that, by the way. So I am... I am looking um, at the Ole Miss commitment class, and I think I have broken down Patrick Broomfield um, before. My age, I, I don't know that I have, so I'm just going to do it again because, honestly, the player kind of deserves it if you want to look at it like that. Patrick Broomfield from Clarksdale, Mississippi, six foot two, good length for a quarterback. Length on the back end has become the du jour thing in defenses. Um, all three rate him as a three-star player. He is an 87 on on three, an 86 on 247, a 76 on ESPN, a 57 on Rivals. Now, why is he a 57? Why is he a three-star? He has that kind of height, that kind of movement ability. Why is he a three-star? My thought is that he's not going to these camps. I don't know if he's been there or not, but that is my thought. Now, when you look at the type of player that Patrick Broomfield can be. Now, whenever you look at the highlights of a player, it is incredibly difficult to get a cornerback, which they have to do. They have to be able to multitask. And they're like, Steve, what are you talking about? Well, whenever you're playing man-to-man -man defense on any level, it is really easy to get tunnel vision on, we're just going to keep this guy from catching a pass, okay? or we're just going to do whatever we have to do to handle you. But everything else that's going on, you can lose sight of it. One thing Patrick Broomfield does very well is he's able to multitask. And he handles his guy, but he always is willing to come off the ball. Let's go to his highlights real quick. Now, if you look early on, tons of interceptions and things like that. But it, he always pretty consistently has his eyes in the backfield, and he is able to come off of a wide receiver pretty quick. He has that kind of awareness that is really big for a high school player. This is the type of thing that is going to serve Patrick well at the next level, even if he doesn't get recognition on this one. This is what you need to get on the field early in college, is the ability, look at him, his eyes are in the backfield, he always knows what's going on. He has confidence in his athletic ability to be able to cover a man. He comes off, picks the pass off. Now, Mississippi quarterbacks, I think we all know, watching high school football in the state, Mississippi quarterbacks can be bad, especially when you're playing at lower levels. You, you see a lot of bad passes. So whenever you come off and you do stuff, you ha almost have to in the state of Mississippi, be really aware. And good cornerbacks need to come off and get those interceptions picked off because it happens more frequently here than it would say in Florida or Texas or California. But 
you can just see he's he's all on it. He I think he dropped um, that interception, but it's a good play. It was good eyes. It was good movement. He he just saw the end zone because that was an absolute pick six. But he's also a very physical player. And not necessarily a forceful. He's, I'm not saying he's Ed Reed back there, but he's willing. He wants to come in and make a play. Um, he has no problem putting his body on there. We're going to interview him on, I think the interview is Thursday and it will air Sunday. And you're looking at somebody that has a chance to really make an impact on Ole Miss football moving forward. Him and William Eccles, those are the two players. Whenever you're looking at a prospect list and you're like, who are the players that are going to jump off the jump off the screen at you? It'll probably be those two guys looking at it. I like Jeffrey Rusher, but he has the normal expectation of being such a high-level prospect to begin with. I'm just talking about a three-star that has a chance to play beyond his rating. Now, remember on a lot of these ratings, you're not dealing with football scouts in most cases. When I was at Rivals.com, after all the layoffs, we had to rebuild our analyst team. You know how they rebuilt that analyst team? With getting people from the Palm Beach Post that were actual writers. They were writers and journalists, not football scouts. They couldn't tell you the difference between a three technique and a five technique. They couldn't tell you the difference between flipping your hips, coming off a receiver, and ball skills. They couldn't tell you a difference in any of that. Everything has been learned for them. So whenever a rating slips down on one of these sites or something's going on that just doesn't quite mesh with what you see, understand that that is likely the reason. The better scouts in the game right now, I'm going to be directly honest about this, is probably at on three. And I'll tell you what. On3 was created by Shannon Terry, who created Rivals, who created 247. It, basically, every recruiting service was created by Shannon Terry. But part of him creating this was building up a recruiting group of people that have followed him from Rivals to 247 to On3 that were pretty much the best in the game, the best in the business. And the other ones have just kind of filled it in and, and built off the reputation that Shannon Terry built in the recruiting side of the house. So if you want to look at rankings for anything that might be more serious than the other, it's probably on the on three side. But here's the danger there. There's still only three or four player people that rates 2,500 high school players. This is more difficult than you think. And the reason that people always talk about you want five stars, you want five stars, you want five stars, is because the hit rate is much higher. My wife could identify a five-star player on a field and say that this is going to be a good football player. It's not because um, five stars or four stars and three stars, it doesn't matter. It's just the ratings, once you get down below that, there's three stars that are actually five stars. There's four stars that are actually five stars. It's, that's the reason there, there's a little bit of a mixture in that. But if you're looking at a player that has a chance to really break out as Patrick Broomfield, whenever I talk to him Thursday, I'm going to ask him about his ranking. I'm going to ask him about Juice Fest and who all he is recruiting as 
well. Now, when we come back, we're going to do something a little bit different, okay? We are going to do what we're calling SEC Media Day Highlights. We're going to grab a couple of audio clips. And today, it is Jimbo Fisher and his Real Housewives of College Station that might be about to break out at Texas A&M. And here are three quotes that are absolutely going to support that. So stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Subscribe there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day, or more importantly, Ole Miss every day. Hello, I am Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We are going to do a little SEC highlights, and it's not necessarily day-to-day or the previous day's things. We don't want to get caught in time. But if a coach does something that is interesting – and says something over and over again, we are going to pay attention to it. And Jimbo Fisher, when talking about Bobby Petrino, he kind of went down a rabbit hole. Now, first of all, Jimbo Fisher is probably the most smug human being known to man. If you listen to a couple of these questions that were asked, because we did put questions from the journalist on here as well, you can hear Jimbo Fisher just correct that person. It's like, hey, no, you don't know what you're talking about. That's the tone that he came at media members with, and maybe it was because he was prepared to be defensive for what was going to come in him, but we will see entirely. But here's Jimbo Fisher talking about the offense. Hey, Jimbo, Colin Wilson with the Action Network. Schematically, are we going to see the pro-style under-center play action or the Bobby Petrino four-wide power spread? Have you ever watched Bobby? Bobby's a lot of underneath play action. <laughs> no, but I'm not going to get into schematics and full wide. We do everything. We're not going to get into that. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say exactly what we're going to do or how we're going to do it. But we'll have a good plan. We'll, and then the key is we've got to execute it and do it and get the ball to the right guys and the right playmakers and, you know, be sol- solid across the front, get the quarterback doing what he's supposed to do, and, and get to the playmakers and let them play. That's, that's, that's your goal on offense and not turn it over and score points. So – Yeah, he's unbelievably smug. And basically what happens there is an answer where, A, the first thing is you don't know what you're talking about. And then there's just a giant word salad at the end of it to where nothing is answered. So whenever you can see this and what's going to happen in this is that I don't know that Jimbo Fisher knows the answer of whether or not he's going to turn Bobby Petrino loose or not. And these answers are very vague. And Jimbo could honestly say, yes, it's Bobby's offense. He can do whatever. But Jimbo's ego won't let him do that. There always has to be an I'm in control type situation. And it it gets a little bit worse. Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jimbo, you got several former head coaches on your staff. Mm -hmm. Bobby Petrino being the latest you've brought in. A lot of very... um, I guess you could say very upfront personalities. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that in the in the coaching staff room when a lot of people, I mean, a lot of us, including myself, wonder how that's all going to work out if it gets into a volatile situation? A volatile? Why would it be in a volatile situation? Guys, coach, have you, have you ever been in any in any staff room that didn't that doesn't have arguments or disagreements? Every coaching staff in America has an argument or a disagreement. That's part of it. But no, it's just I'm the boss. We're the boss. We'll do it at the end of the day. But you listen to everybody's opinion. Everybody can voice their opinion. I, I want guys with opinion. I want guys who have knowledge. I want guys who make you think. I want guys to create different 
uh, narratives that brought to the table that can help us. I think that's the, I think it's the best thing you have. And I think that's one of the reasons, some of the reasons you hired them to do different scenarios and different things like that. But as far as that, we all have great respect for each other and it's been tremendous. We've had great, we've had great response and haven't had any issues. So there you go. It's another situation. It's weird. Also, it's kind of funny. And this isn't like a shot at Brandon Marcel or anything, because I noticed this all during SEC media days during day one. It's almost like a competition for people to ask over a 100-word question to a head coach. Just, I want a second for everybody to pay attention to what I'm saying. I love the sound of my own voice, and I'm trying to get a specific answer out of you. Um, and so we're going to frame a question in such a way that's going to lead you down this road and answer it the way that I want you to answer it because my take is this. That is the impression I have um, off of the first day of media days. Now, like I said, Jimbo's still unbelievably smug. The first thing always comes back to a question with some sort of a challenge as if you don't know what you're talking about to whoever asked the question. Like I said, he might be on the defensive because he was expecting what was going on. And honestly, in this last question, um, it really, really comes out. Hey, Jimbo, Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat. Yes, sir. That, um, you know, Bob Petrino, I think this is the first time he's been an assistant since 2002. So he's used to calling plays, mm -hmm. being the guy in charge. You, you've been calling plays probably forever. So what's the dynamic going to be like on game day? Does he have total freedom to call the plays? And kind of how will that work? And is it hard for you to give up, you know, play calling? No, it, it, there's a lot of things, and you're still involved in what goes on. I'm not going to get into what we're doing, how we're doing it. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I just don't want to create you, – you create advantages or narratives out there for what goes on. But listen, I, Bobby was hired for a reason, and he's a tremendous coach and tremendous guy and a tremendous – uh, football mind, tremendous recruiting. He's done a great job recruiting since he's been there. Uh, everything he does. And uh, now he'll call a lot of, I mean, hopefully he'll call the game. We'll have suggestions on things we do and whether it's offense, defense, every coach is always involved. That's, it's a more collective thing than people want to give it room for. And then when, but when you get to calling, you get on a roll, you got to have a guy that can do it. And I think Bobby can definitely do that. He doesn't as well as anybody in college football. That is absolutely wild and absolutely nuts. Hopefully, Bobby Petrino will call the game. Okay, let me just tell you what just happened with that quote, that quote that he gave. Jimbo Fisher is acknowledging that he is the big dog. He is always going to be the big dog. He minimalizes offensive play calling because last year, everybody was on Jimbo about the offense at Texas A&M. And so when Bobby coming in, there's obviously a savior complex that is going through the fan base in College Station. But also saying, hopefully Bobby Petrino will call the plays, as if the decision has not been made. That maybe Bobby Petrino is not good enough. Maybe we're in a situation where Bobby Petrino is going to have to earn the right to call the plays. This is all about sheltering Jimbo Fisher's ego. And, I mean, heck, he, he's worth, what, $90 million in a buyout this year. So if this season doesn't go right, Jimbo's going to be okay. But Bobby Petrino is a coach that historically has gone, off, gone after other coaches' jobs. He has done things his way, whether it be Auburn or Louisville or Atlanta, the Falcons. He has done it his way. Jimbo Fisher knows that as well. So he's not going to build 
too much of a pedestal for Bobby Petrino. He is going to make sure it's as much of a collective as humanly possible and that his Cheesecake Factory playbook, um, menu playbook, um, is still going to be at the forefront and we'll see exactly what happens. Anyway, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in. We got a lot of stuff coming on. Thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy does a fantastic job. Every day, we got Jason Simmons from Dead Soxie. We've got um, Charles Stackhouse, Ole Miss legend Charles Stackhouse, coming on the show as well. Patrick Broomfield, we just did a breakdown of him. He is coming on the show. So we got all that set up. Should be really interesting as well. We're getting close to football season, and, and it's just, just magnificent. I'm really, really fired up about everything. So until tomorrow, we will see you then. Tomorrow, Lane Kiffin at SEC Media Days. So should be pretty good. All right, stick around. Or not stick around. Hotty toddy.